0: done. I'll start. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I want to look at a passage today that causes uh, some people a little bit of uh, grief. How's that? Um, As Paul, uh, and, and again, the ideal way to do this would be um, if y'all would give me about a month, and let's just start at the 1st of Philippians and go through, uh, because uh, all of it is connected. Uh, you can never forget when you're reading Philippians uh, that Paul was writing this from a prison cell, uh, not, not knowing if he would ever uh, come out alive, uh, not knowing uh, what the end result was going to be. Um, and then, uh, as we look at uh, the passage in front of us today, uh, what we see um, is, again, you've got to go back and take the passage we looked at two weeks ago, uh, when he said uh, that, uh, that Christ was humiliated, uh, that Christ came to earth, that he left glory, uh, that he left, uh, left uh, all the uh, the beauty and splendor of heaven, uh, to come to earth and die, uh, then last week as a result of that, uh, he was, uh, exalted, super exalted is actually, uh, the word, and then, uh, in our passage today, uh, we start with this word, therefore, uh, therefore, and one of the things that uh, I've told you over the years and I hope uh, you keep this in mind uh, is anytime uh, you see the word therefore or wherefore uh, in scripture uh, you've got to go back and figure out what it's there for. Uh, And so Paul is saying, uh, what he's really saying there is based on the fact uh, that Christ left glory, based on the fact uh, that he was then super exalted, now uh, this is your uh, response. This is uh, how we should react uh, to what he has just told us uh, about Uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, what that little word therefore tells us uh, is that Paul uh, has been like a lawyer uh, arguing his case, Uh, and to some extent, to use uh, Perry Mason words, uh, now he's presenting his closing argument. Because Christ left glory, because uh, he was exalted, therefore... Uh, you uh, you have uh, you've always obeyed he says you've always talking to the Philippians he says you've always uh, been obedient uh, and now uh, even though I'm not there I'm paraphrasing uh, what he says even though I am not there uh, I expect that you will continue uh, to be obedient he says work out your own salvation Now, uh, that phrase has uh, caused a great deal uh, uh, of debate uh, and consternation among, uh, among people uh, over the years. But it's really uh, not that complicated uh, what Paul uh, is saying uh, here in, uh, in this passage. And so uh, the first thing uh, that, uh, that we look at then is we need to deal uh, with, a, uh, with an explanation uh, of exactly uh, what it is that this work out your salvation uh, is talking about. Uh, And and as I studied it and thought about that, uh, one of the easiest ways for me uh, to explain that, where uh, I think most of us can pretty easily grasp uh, the concept, uh, is Paul says, work out your salvation. What do you think of uh, when you think of working out? Uh, you think of, uh, I would expect, going to a, a gym or, or something and, 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 and working out, strengthening yourself, uh, getting in better shape. Well, that is pretty much exactly uh, what Paul means here uh, when he says, Work out your salvation. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, each one of us is responsible uh, for uh, figuring out our salvation. It doesn't mean that, uh, that Melissa gets her salvation one way and Archie goes over here and works on his a different way. Uh, it means that, uh, again, we have to take things in Uh, in in a whole biblical context. And and if you remember, uh, there is a biblical phrase uh, that says, our common salvation. We are all saved in the same way. Uh, If you're going to heaven, uh, if you're saved, you're saved by uh, the grace, the mercy, the sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ. That's the only way uh, that anyone is saved. Now, what Paul is saying to the Philippians, is is I want you to take that salvation that all of you have, that all of you, uh, you got the same way that you got through accepting Jesus Christ, and I want you to take that salvation, and I want you to... Work it out. I want you to strengthen it. I, I want it to grow uh, in you. Uh, we have, a, and we have other images again when we take the Bible as a whole. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, moving from uh, the milk to the meat. It talks about maturity. Uh, it talks about growing. Uh, and, and so that's the, that, that's what Paul uh, is talking about here uh, when he says, "Work out uh, your own." Uh, salvation again. Uh, there's a there's a little word that's important there, uh, and, and I, I think most of you would probably uh, agree with what I've said. But uh, just in case, I want to uh, I do want to belabor it just a moment. Just. Humor me for just a moment, uh, in case we have uh, anybody who maybe this whole concept uh, is new to. But well, one of the things we have to remember uh, is, is that everybody's not at the same level, scripturally, uh, wise, maturity-wise. Uh, and so bear with me uh, just one moment. If you're sitting and saying "I got it," move on. Uh, okay, just hold on, because uh, somebody may not have it. And so uh, you yeah, uh, know, think back to school. You remember when the teacher moved too fast and. You you didn't get it well I don't want to move too fast because this is critical uh, this morning that we understand this part uh, about salvation notice what uh, again the, the, the little word uh, that Paul says uh, when he says to him here uh, work out uh, your own salvation he doesn't say there's two three letter words and I want you to notice that are one that's not there he doesn't say work for your salvation he says work out your salvation do you see the big difference in that one little word he doesn't say work for it. We don't work for our salvation. We work because we have salvation. We respond to the gift of God by working. And so uh, Paul doesn't say uh, to work for your salvation. Again, well, let's remember also his, not only do we have to remember where Paul was, we have to remember who he was writing to. Paul was writing uh, to the believers, to the saints, to the saved people in philippi and so he wasn't telling them they needed to be saved he was saying to those of you in philippi who are saved don't work for your salvation but work out your salvation, uh, develop your salvation, strengthen uh, your salvation. We know, uh, as Paul uh, has written in other places, that salvation uh, is by grace uh, and grace alone. uh, That is the only way uh, of of salvation. And so, uh, again, uh, now, once we receive that salvation, uh, Paul is saying, well, now that's a different matter. Once you have it, he says you work on it. You don't work to get it, but once you've got it, you begin to work to develop it. It's again, uh, like any relationship, uh, if, you, uh, uh, if, you, if you get married uh, and, you don't, and your relationship doesn't grow beyond that wedding day experience, uh, then your marriage probably uh, will not last very long. Uh, over time you have to work on that relationship and you grow uh, together. In fact, uh, if you look in the Old Testament, you'll find... That when a couple was married, uh, the husband uh, was excused from all labor, all military duty for a year uh, after that wedding, uh, and it says that he could uh, learn his wife. He could, uh, and and I got, you know, I know God knows all, but my experience says you can't figure it out in a year. But it's a good start. Uh, Yeah, but uh, you know. But again, that's what he's talking about. He's saying we work on uh, that relationship. And that may even be a word that fits uh, in the way we talk today. Instead of work out your, work on your salvation. Work on it uh, to develop your relationship. Uh, with the Lord to develop uh, your no- knowledge uh, of, uh, of the word again there's nothing in the English there's nothing in the original language at all that suggests uh, that Paul was saying work for salvation he was saying again work for out the salvation. Uh, And actually the word that that he he uses there uh, is the idea, uh, and and, and I don't want to be accused of adding to the word of God, I'm just trying to clarify, uh, work out to completion your salvation. Uh, If you're sitting here today uh, and uh, you've been saved for, uh, for a while, You've been saved for, for quite a few years. I don't know who in here a, a, has been saved the longest, or I'd call you out. Uh, and, and, but I think you would say that over time, your salvation, your relationship with God, your understanding of your salvation, your walk with your salvation, your Christian life has been working out. You, you have been growing you have learned that there were probably things that, that, that you did in your pre-salvation life that even after you were saved, you may have kept doing for a while. Well, I'm just going to pick just something random here as an example. Someone, and, and, and you've probably seen this, um, but let's say profanity. Someone who doesn't get saved later in life, Um, and and say 30, 40 years old, whatever, and and, and all their life they have used profanity. And even after they get saved, they still because they've done that for 30 years. Many times it'll, it'll carry over. But as their relationship with God develops, their vocabulary changes. You with me? Some of the same desires you know, that, you know, listen, and I realize that I, I've heard testimony and amazing testimony. I've heard of people who say, you know, I got saved, I came to the altar, I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, I quit drinking on the spot, I quit smoking on the spot, or I quit, you know, whatever. I, my, boom! It, it, I lost all desire. Great. It can happen. But for some people, They have to work out their salvation. Tithing. I I don't usually, and I'm not preaching on tithing now. I'm using it as an example. Somebody who has never tithed and their budget is not set up to tithe. Their budget is set up to make it from paycheck to paycheck. Because they get saved, they're probably not going to be financially able or even aware of the concept of time. But as they go to church, as they study the Bible, as they grow in the Lord, as their spiritual life develops and impacts their overall life and their overall finance, how they handle their money in a way to honor God overall, then they have money freed up where they are able to time. They work out. There is salvation. That's what Paul is talking about. And every one of us, he says, has that responsibility to to work out or to work on to develop uh, our our, our walk uh, with the Lord. Um, And uh, another image there, it is a lot like knee of you. Uh, you remember some of you have to go way back some of you further than others do you remember how to do when you were learning say long division some of you just I saw a couple of you you know you just, you know, just kind of had, a, had a, you know, uh, one of those you know PTSD or whatever you know flashbacks long division you know, but do you remember working out the problem to get to the answer. That, that, that's another image of what Paul is talking about here. You're working it out to solve the problem. And, and, and so Paul wants us uh, to work out the salvation, to develop uh, our, our walk uh, with the Lord. Uh, and, and so uh, as he's talking about that, uh, again, remember this. Paul is talking And this is where it gets a little tricky for us. Paul is talking uh, to individuals. He's talking not only to individuals, but he was talking to the church as a whole. He was writing to the church at Philippi. And so here's something that we have to realize and understand about working out our You notice it says that that, that we work out our salvation. It is our responsibility as a church to help each other work out our salvation. As we go along this journey together, it is our responsibility to, to come along and to teach our young people to help each other in those blind spots. You ever pull up to certain intersections and you have to ask the person in the passenger seat, is it clear? Yeah. Some road engineers are taking drugs. I don't have them. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. I, or they've never driven a car. I don't know. Uh, some I'll give you a good example. Come on, if you're coming down 85 south and get off on uh, 29, of what used to be the Cloverleaf. Relief and want to go back towards Kenapolis, drive careful and pray home. Because the angle of that road, you can't see back this way. You just uh, drive like they do in China. Here's in China, there's three good drivers: Good horn, good brake, good luck and you, sometimes you pull up and you have to ask the person beside of you is it clear well that's kind of the same image here we have a responsibility to each other you know because here's reality as a church family we are only as strong again you've heard this say I'm not making something up here you haven't heard we're only as strong as the weakest link and so Paul is saying to these people you need to come. That's why we gather for worship. That's why we gather in, in, in small groups and study the Bible together. That's why we pray together. It's why we support each other. That's why we come alongside uh, of each other in, in times of depression and discouragement and grief because we are working together to be more like Jesus. See, if... if, if, if I am more like Jesus, then it should help the whole church be more. so all of us, we're working individually, but we also have a responsibility as the group to to work out uh, our salvation. We we work at it. And, And here's what it is. Our goal, simply, is to be more like Jesus. That's what Paul was saying when he says, work out your salvation. He said, work on being more like Jesus. You know, work on being more like Jesus. Individually and as a church. Be more like Jesus Christ. Listen, and Paul says, you've been obedient in the past, and I expect you uh, that you will continue uh, to be like Jesus Christ. Now, that brings up, I think, surely we're fairly clear on what working out our salvation means. What we may not be clear on is how to do it. You ever, I think probably everybody has done this once. Probably once you've decided, I'm going to get in shape, and you've joined the gym.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Worst two days of my life. Uh, you know, I have a great streak of going to the gym. I haven't been in four years. Yeah, great, yeah, great, yeah, great streak. I know you can't believe that. Uh, just looking at it, it's hard to tell. Um, but if you've ever been in a gym, have you ever walked in a gym, you know, especially some of the nicer big ones, and, and some of you haven't been, but you've seen them on TV, okay? Um, you've seen pictures. You've heard about them, in, you know, in, in fairy, fairy tales. You've heard about these mythical places called gyms. You go in and you look around and you're like, oh my goodness! If I get on that thing, it'll kill me. You know. And you walk, you know, some of them you look at and you're like, I don't even know how this ride works. You know, I don't think I'm tall enough for this one. You know, keep your hands and feet inside the ride at all times. You know. Yeah, they're, 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 you know, some of them are just, you know, I know what the goal is, you know, you want to lose weight, you want to get in shape, you want to improve your health, but you look at the way you're going to get there and you think, I'm just going to have to die I right You know, I figure, I, I figure I'll live longer if I stay off of whatever that is. You
1: know.
0: Greg's <laughs> sitting there looking at me, oh, you know, all I'll tell you what all the machines are. yeah. You know, uh, Well, we know what the goal is. The goal is to be Christ-like. The question is, which one of the machines are we gonna get on to get there? Well, Paul's gonna give us a list here that may surprise you. It's an interesting list following up. You may be expecting, if you haven't been, if you aren't cheating and reading ahead, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, here's how we're gonna work out our salvation. I'm gonna pray more. I'm gonna go to church more. I'm gonna read my Bible through in a year. No, I'm gonna speed up. I'm gonna read it through in six months. That's how I'm gonna work out my salvation. That's how I'm gonna strengthen my salvation. If you haven't read ahead, are you in for a rude awakening? Because Paul is about to drop the bomb here uh, on these Philippians. He's gonna give them the exhortation. How? Do they get ahead? How do they work on their salvation? First thing he tells them, he said, it is God who wants to work in you. First thing we have to understand is there's no way on our own we can work out our salvation. It's God who wants to do the work. It is God, and and the word work there is energy. It's God who gives us the energy energy to do this. It's God who equips us, who arouses in us, who even gives us the desire to work out our own salvation. In my flesh, in my human desire, in myself, I'm perfectly content where I am. In fact, let's be brutally honest, that many of you, if you were left alone, you're not only happy where you are, you'd go backwards because you were doing some things before you got saved that you were having fun doing. So it takes the energy of Christ, it takes the energy of God in us that says, you know what? I'm not happy where I am. I want to work on my salvation. It's His desire to work out in us that salvation and, and, and develop us, to give us that heart to do uh, His will. It is our responsibility then to, to grab on, uh, to do that will to, to do what uh he asked us to do and the reason they can work on their salvation uh was because god had already been working in them god had already been changing them and working in their life he had put into them uh the desire uh to move on listen obedience you know again here's what we're gonna shift uh, from the gym illustration the gym illustration, it takes willpower. You just got to, it takes commitment. You know, because, you know, it, it, it's just not easy to do. You got to make it, you know, you got to commit. But notice this, you decide, I'm going to work, working on our salvation is what God has put in the heart of the believer. Let me, let me be brutal here for a moment. If I can have your undivided attention in this room and online for one moment. If you don't have a desire to work on or work out your salvation, the question needs to be asked, do you even have salvation? I know that's brutal. And that's, you know, I went from preaching to meddling real quick. I understand that. If you don't have a desire to work on it, do you have it? That's the beginning question. I don't have a desire. To work on my six-pack, because I ain't got one. You may not have a desire to work on your salvation, because maybe you need to come back and ask that question, have I ever truly been saved? You ever seen a kid get a gift at Christmas, and the first thing they want to do is rip open that gift and begin to play with it? They don't want to put that gift in the closet, do they? They want to play with it right now. You have salvation. You're going to have a desire to work on it. Paul says that God gives us that desire. God gives us that energy. God puts that in us. Listen, it's not based on our willpower. It's based on what God is doing in us. Now, let's look at how we do that. Again, some of you, you, you've got in your mind how you think you'd work on your salvation. Buckle up, because Paul's fixing. You thought I was married. (laughs) You had not seen anything yet. Look what Paul says here. He says, he talks first of all about the attitude. The attitude. Paul tells us here to do all things without murmuring or grumbling or disputing. Was well, nobody in this room? If you hadn't cheated and read ahead, thinking that was how you were going to work on your
1: salvation,
0: you going to pray some more. You're going to study the Sunday school lesson. You might even going to be put a little bit more in the offering plate. Paul says, "Don't bother opening your Bible. Don't bother putting no more in the offering plate. Don't bother coming to church anymore if you can't control that big tongue of Because I want to tell you something. Nothing says of how much, where where your relationship with God is, like how you can control your tongue. How you control your words. That's what Paul said. Paul says here that the first thing, that that when he, you know, think about that. Again, if if somehow or another I could have covered that up. I could, have gotten me a, I could have gotten me a marker and used this whole wall up here and said, anybody, tell me how you're going to work out your salvation. I could have filled up this whole wall, come over here onto this one, come over here onto this one, come on over here onto that one. I could have probably run all the way around the whole building from the floor to the ceiling. And nobody would have ever said, I'm going to quit griping and gossiping and grumbling. But that's the very first thing Paul said. Paul said, one of the sure signs that you are working out your salvation is the elimination of... I love that word murmuring. That's the, that's the Old Testament word that the Bible used to describe the Hebrews coming out of Israel. Do away with murmuring. Again, that word it, you know, it, it's a picture that, that uh, I don't think you need to define the word murmur. It just, it just says that it's all itself. But one of the things I want to point out to you about murmuring is murmuring isn't the person who stands up in the middle of church and goes, the preacher's a moron! Well, yeah. the murmurer is the one who goes out in the parking lot and gets together a little group and whispers it. Who gets on the telephone and wears out poor old Ma Bell, murmuring. That's a murmur. See, if you'll stand up, and, well, I'll probably. No better, but I'm going too far down that road to put it in the works. If you stand up and yell, the preacher's a moron, listen, I'll probably agree with you and go on. You yeah, know, okay? And, but the problem that, that, that Paul is talking about here is not only that you're a murmurer, but that you don't have the guts to say it to the person you're talking about. You're not man enough, Christian enough, to deal with the issue. Paul says, if you work on your salvation, this right here will change. You're murmuring. He says it's a whole different uh, attitude about you. The word disputing is is arguing. You know what a dispute is? Arguing and, and, and fussing and fighting. Go on, and I don't need to spend long here because Paul nails it. It's not what we think of for working on our salvation, but it's what Paul says. Not only does he talk about our attitude, our murmuring, and our grumbling, our disputing, but he goes on, and he continues, and he says here, the appearance. Well, what else did he talk about? Look at this next phrase. He says, you may be blameless, innocent children, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked, and twisted or perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Paul says when we're working on our salvation, we rise above. When we're in the workplace, when we're in our family, when we're in the marketplace, It ought to, our our, our salvation ought to shine and show above everything else. I'm not not saying, I'm I'm going to use this as an illustration, but I don't want you to think, I I don't want it to sound like I'm saying look at me, but I, I just want to tell you how that works. The other day we went out to eat. And when I looked at my ticket, they left an item off my ticket. And when I went to pay, I told the lady at the register, "I said you left such and such off." And um, she looked at me like I'd reinvented the wheel. You know, she she looked at me like, "Are you crazy? Why would you tell me that?" You know, why why in the world did you do that? That cost you, you know, ten bucks. Yeah. But it cost me a lot more if I didn't. See, and, and I, again, I'm not, it happened at the grocery store a while back. I, I watched for drinks to go on sale because my family are a bunch of camels when they come you know. And, and so I try to buy them when they're on sale. And I got home and I realized they hadn't charged me for all my drinks. And so when I went back to that same grocery store later, as a different cashier, and I told them. I said, you know, you didn't ring up all my drinks. I, I owe you for uh, two more packs of drinks. And again, they looked at me like I had three heads and they all had horns on them or something. But here's the thought. That, here's the thought that ran through my mind. Did they leave it off on purpose to see if I'd see it? See, I I don't, what we have to do is we have to shine as lights in this world. That's how we work on our salvation. We rise above this, and listen, that ain't too big a challenge anymore. Because this world is, is about as perverse and twisted as it can get. When we're working on our salvation, we are cautious. Of our appearance and how we look uh, how we represent God uh, that we work on our salvation means we work on being pure in our salvation that we work on our testimony that we work on being blameless without blemish Paul says we work on that and listen I'll be honest i got a bunch of blemishes to work on. I don't know whether you'll be honest or not, but we're working on our salvation. We're working on removing those, those blemishes. We're working on removing those things in our life that can bring damage uh, to the name of, of, of Jesus Christ. We're careful what we watch. We're careful what we read. We're careful what we listen to. We're careful what we say. We're careful where we go. We're careful what we wear. Or maybe in this society, we're careful what we don't wear. We're we're careful. I I, I remember uh, several years ago, too many years back, I I bought a shirt because it had the American flag on. I thought, that would be my July 4th shirt. And I was wearing that shirt around. And somebody said, you know that shirt's got the, I don't even know what you call them, the, the jugs you pour beer out of, whatever they are. Mud. Uh, well, a what you drink it out of. How do you know? You just told me
1: what it was.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it had, you, know, it had, you know, it had pictures of pictures of beer all mixed in with hot dogs and flags. I mean, it made sense once I saw it. But I, I saw the flags and the hot dogs. Hey, look at you me. Know, look at me. I saw the flags and the hot dogs. You know, and somebody said, yeah, sure, it's got pictures of beer all over it. Well, it sure does, don't it? And so I threw the shirt away. You know, I can I'm telling you that because you know, you know, that's one story where I guess I did something right. There's about 27 more I can tell you where I messed up. I'm just telling you, that's the, 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 what Paul is talking about here. That we're constantly working and cleaning and constantly working and cleaning and scrubbing our life and looking for anything that does damage to the name of Jesus. Undermines our testimony. That's what it means to work out our salvation. That's what it means to work on our salvation. And finally, as you go on verse 16, he talks about the attachment. He talks about uh, how we uh, move forward from there. Uh, And he says, we hold fast to the word of life. So that the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or uh, or, labor in vain. Paul says, we work on our salvation by holding fast to the Word of God. I want to tell you something. In 2021, or in just a few weeks, 2022, we need to be known for holding fast to the Word of God. It doesn't matter what is popular. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says. It doesn't matter what the politicians say. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. It doesn't matter what the Sunday school teacher says. All that really matters is what the Word of God says. And we need to be holding fast to that. That's how we work on ourselves. How are we going to move those blemishes? The only way we know where those blemishes are is by holding fast to the Word of God. Paul says we cling to that word. He says I want you to do that. He says I want to know that I didn't waste my time with you because I want you to hold fast to the word of God. I find that extremely interesting. Paul says, Paul Paul says I'm not. I I want. Yeah, back up. This is how I'll know my work with you was not in vain. Not because you built a huge church. Not because you got a thousand in attendance. Not because you took up a huge offering. But because you stood true to the Word of God. Amen. Let me tell you something right now. This is my, there's a song called, This is My Desire. This is my desire. One day, it might be today, who knows, it might be 20, 30 years, I don't know. One day they're going to lay me out on them boxes. Please don't spend too much on it, because I don't believe it. You know, just some two-toils and <laughs> nail it together, Father. I don't care. But here's what I do care. It'd be all right if y'all say he was a good husband, good father. Be okay, if you sayism, fair to in preacher, whatever. But when I leave this world, I want one thing to be said: He held fast to the word of God. You stand up, you say he wasn't too smart, he wasn't much to look at, he needed to go on a diet, he hung it down. Hung around with Archie which wasn't good. You know, all of it, whatever else you want to say. When this life is over, I want people to be able to say he did everything he could to hang tightly. He never bent to the best of his ability. I may have misunderstood it, and I may have preached it wrong. I may have read it wrong, and I, which led me to teach it wrong. But I did it with the purest of motives. He tried his best to hang on to the Word of God and teach it and preach it accurately. Because if I didn't do that, I wasn't a good father and I wasn't a good husband and I wasn't good for much of nothing else. Paul says we work on our salvation by clinging to the Word of God. By holding on to that Word. Holding it clinging to it. Listen, Philadelphians, they're being encouraged here to to cling on to that word, to hold on to the word with all that they have. And because of that, we see their activity with what he says finally. Even if I'm poured out as a sacrificial drink offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul says, I've offered myself as a sacrifice to serve man. I have given myself to serve others. That's how you work on your salvation. That's how you you work on your salvation. Paul is encouraging these Philippians to work out their salvation, to be pure be honest, to be followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul wanted them, as he uses the analogy later, I've run my race. I've finished the course. Henceforth is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Paul says work on your salvation. Don't just take it as something as one and done. Don't just take your salvation as something. You look back and say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, somewhere in a church, somewhere in a home, somewhere, I kneel, I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, and I know, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to heaven. Listen, that's a great story to have. That's a great testimony, and I hope everybody in this room, before we leave here today, everybody in this room, everybody online, will have that testimony, that somewhere, someplace, I kneel, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. But if that's the end of your story, that's an all Awful, short, sad story. never listen that story ought to conclude and go on like this there was a day there was a place there was a time there was a church there was an altar there was a camp meeting there was a living room there was a Sunday school class an RA class a GA class somewhere I bowed my head and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and he saved my soul on that day and ever since then he's been changing me and I'm going to sing like them little kids sing he's still working on me and if that's not true testimony you need to do something about it today let's all bow our heads together Lord I want you to keep working on me I want my salvation to grow I want my salvation my walk with you I want it to be stronger I want to be closer to you I want my testimony to be greater God, I know my salvation needs to be worked out. And I want to start today. And I'm going to quit looking back 20, 30 years. Starting today, I'm going to commit myself to work on my salvation. grow in my relationship with you. I'm going to invite you this morning to come and to kneel. And say, Lord, help me. I believe this morning everybody in this room, everybody online, can pray that prayer. Lord, I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. But I'm not what I want to be. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to be closer to you tomorrow than I am today. Would you pray that prayer with me today? Would you kneel where you are? Would you come and kneel at this altar? More importantly, I want to talk to you a minute. I want to come back to what I said a while ago. If you don't have that desire to grow in your salvation, do you really have salvation? you hear here today and you say, I'm not sure. I just don't know. Would you come and let's talk about it? you're online, give you me a call. Send me an email. Let's talk about it. John said I write these things that you may know. If you have any doubt, any question about your salvation, you need to let's talk. Let's talk. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. God, we thank you. But Paul says you give us the energy. The desire and the ability to work out our salvation, to grow in our walk with you. So and I pray, Lord, that you touch our hearts, you all of this will serve service, Serve us individually, service in the church, to work out our salvation. We give the honor to Jesus' name our And then as we stand in the room.
1: I'm the same
0: thing, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and most of these are around town's blessing boxes. Um, and yes, uh, they've got that for us to put it out there. Uh, and it's put pretty, you know, can you know, kind of and um, know that. Uh, it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, I have absolutely i seen it, but they would say that they're going to do this stuff uh, when we there. that uh, way. So yeah, shopping. You want to pick up a few cans and run away in there. Probably see the next Drive, do it so it will not uh, You know, in. Cutting shoes is probably not as good uh, as uh, a road or something. But uh, if you want to put it in, we'll have it stored up and uh, put it out there. Um, and if you, know, come, you just want to come out here every week and put it in there. Um, you know, or hey, if you if you haven't got it and you won't come by and get it. Uh, you see no sign of the command your the sword, God's penny, guilt's penny, may pin, have been theft penny. The penny, the penny, the penny, penny. Yeah. Uh, whichever way it works, that's what it's got there for. And so, um, so we if you know, here we go. All right, let's bow to you. Tell Father, thank you today uh, for allowing us to be here. Uh, and for uh, giving us the privilege to gather in the house. Lord's we'll with us as we live here. And as a the church is in the community we work it work out, to work home. I that, Jesus wants to know.